Welcome to Gardening Talk, back on to when you are FM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott. Great to see you back in the studio once again, Scott. We had a bit of a week off. We did, wasn't it? Restful. It was. It was good just to have a bit of a line on a Monday. Yeah, then a bit of a nap on the Monday afternoon as well. <laughs> I think we slept a long weekend so, yeah, away. We pretty much just slept on the extra day off. What do you got for us today, Scott? Well, I thought we'd talk about Maidenhair Creeper, really good little covering plant for your fence, and Cape Chestnut out in flower at the moment, and a lovely tree for your garden. Excellent. And of course, if you've got any questions for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call, 49216216. We've got Helen from Fletcher, and she's trying to obtain a set of clippers, like sheep shearer clippers, I think she's after. Oh, that sounds interesting, doesn't it? Now, Helen, what are you going to be using them for, to do the sheep or to do something planting? No, 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 no. Um, They were, my dad had them to do the sheep when, you know, the um, power was out. But the thing is, I just use it for uh, cutting the buffalo grass, you know, around the edge of my garden. Okay. And and I, I've tried bunnings and I've tried everywhere, and they just like a scissor, but they, you know, they go back on itself and they're sharp, and they just clip, clip, clip along, you know, the edge of the garden bed. Yes, I, I remember. Uh, now, are they the ones that sort of have a round bit at the end, and they're just almost tensioned by that? Is that is, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Look, I, I think I know what, what you're talking about. I would try. There's a brand out there. Uh, it's a European brand, so uh, you know it must be good and sharp and going to last for a long time. Uh, it's called Fiskars. F I S K A R S. Right. And I'll be very surprised if Fiskars don't have uh, those sort of shears that you're talking about. And are they in Newcastle? Well, Fiskars are a brand, so you'd have to go to oh, okay. you know one of you know the your garden centre or your hardware shop and and talk to them, or even go to their yeah, like their website and see what what happens there. Yeah, okay. And just one quick question: yes. I've, I planted my avocado tree about two months ago, and it just looks still a bit sad. Is it meant to start sort of blooming now or not? Yeah, so it was only a young one in a pot, was it? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, look, yeah, avocados, they are just starting to uh, shoot now and get the new growth on them. They always look a bit sad as they go through winter down here in Newcastle, so don't be too concerned about that. I reckon it's a bit dry as well. Uh, but that said, the uh, the one next door to my place, which I think is just uh, a seed, sort of one grown one that's just dropped in next to the... Uh, into the uh, garage there it is starting to shoot but it's quite uh, large now now remember with avocados unless you get a grafted one they actually won't fruit for about nine to ten years Uh, so if you're growing a seed grade one you've got a lot of time to wait you know this is a grafted one i got it from the um you know, the, yeah, the garden centre. Ga- yeah. Garden centre, yeah. Yep. Okay, so look, don't be too concerned. I just make sure you're watering it very well. Uh, it's very dry out there at the moment. Uh, you know, I, I noticed the uh, dog was having a bit of a scratch around in the backyard the other day and dust was flying. So uh, oh, it, okay. it really is dry. And especially when it's a young plant, remember that that uh, root system hasn't spread out yet. It's still, uh, you know, almost in the shape of the pot for about three to four months after you put it in the ground. Yeah, so it's sort of yellow. You know, the stem feels yellow, but there's nothing, you know, it feels, you know, but anyway, hopefully it'll last. Okay, so look, that that might be a little bit different if the stem's starting to go yellow. Um, something bad might have happened to it. Uh, I'm not going to say what bad things have happened to the poor avocado, but uh, look, I would just keep on watering it, uh, okay. you know, the next couple of weeks, really water it well, see what happens. Hopefully you'll get some new growth uh, All right, coming. perfect. And, yep, we'll see how you go. All right, thank you, Scott. I'll give um, Fiskars a... Yeah, Fiskars, see how you go with that. All right, thank you. Thanks, Helen. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
We've got Michael now from Ellamore Vale and his lime tree is losing its fruit. Doesn't sound good. Michael, how can we help you? Uh, good, good afternoon. I'd like to speak to Scott about the lime tree. Yep, speaking, speaking mate. Go for it. Um, I'll give it a feed early in spring with some uh, potty, potty, potty mosh, potty ash, and it's all started to flower. Now all the little limes are just falling off. Yeah, so how old is your tree, Michael? Oh, it's in a pot. It's, I don't know. It's, I've had it caught for quite a while. I've got it given to me. And it did have some limes one year, and last year it didn't have any at all. Yeah, so look, I, I'd have to say that uh, with a, a citrus tree in a pot, it's not surprising to me uh, that it is losing its fruit at this time of year. Uh, when a, a citrus tree is in a pot, it, it has got a restricted root system and it needs heavy feeding. So you did the right thing giving it some potash, but it, it really needs a little bit more than that. Give it a feed at the weekend with uh, sea salt as well. Yeah, okay. So sea salt is great for the root system of the plant, uh, but I think you need to give it more of an all-round feed. Now, there's a, a product out there called Sudden Impact. It's actually for roses. Uh, but citrus love exactly the same thing roses like. So I would go and try and find some of that sudden impact and uh, give that a try. Now, you'd use that about three or four times a year. It's a pelletized uh, sort of uh, feed, and it breaks down over that time, uh, so you don't have to be worried about overfeeding it. Mate, the other thing with a uh, citrus in a pot is they need lots and lots of water, especially when they've set their flowering and fruiting like yours has. So uh, you could be out there watering it twice a day at the moment just to uh, make sure it doesn't get stressed and lose uh, you know, its fruit off it like it has. So, yeah, look, uh, you have got a bit of work there to do with it, Michael. I think more of an all-round fertiliser is going to be the thing for you, that sudden impact. Uh, certainly the, the potash is great for the fruiting and flowering. The sea sole is fantastic for the root system of the plant. People think it's a bit of a cure-all, but it's not really. It's uh, more specific to the root system. Uh, so, for instance, if you had your lawn eaten by army grubs later on in the year, sea sole is fantastic for getting that back up and running again. But for you, yeah, go grab some of that sudden impact, Michael, and... Uh, Make sure there's plenty of water going into the pot. Yeah, I, I watered it uh, yesterday. I had to do it today. I haven't done it yet. I've been been out this morning. So. Okay. <laughs> but it's in, it's in the sun there at the moment. So. Yeah, look, I reckon a couple of times a day, if you've got the chance, it uh, it just starts to build up that moisture in the potty mix. It might be, if it's old potty mix as well, that it needs some uh, wetting agent in there. Uh, so that's like saturates a good one to use and it just uh, makes the soil, I guess, sticky and then the water soaks into it better. So I reckon uh, go down to your garden centre, uh, grab some sudden impact, grab some saturate and uh, grab the hose and uh, start watering. And I think, uh, you know, in a few weeks' time, you'll have a much happier tree. Okay, thank you okay. very much. Good on you, Michael. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And we've got Helen from Wool's End and she's got a question about a potted rose. Good afternoon, Helen. How can we help you? Hello, Helen. How can we help you? Yeah, hi. Good afternoon. Yeah, look, um, I've got uh, the Newcastle Rose, which I bought off you when you were in Alice Street about four or five years ago. Are the, are the memories, are the memories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But anyway, um, I have two potted roses. One is doing extremely well, and this uh, Newcastle Rose, I think, Last summer it started when we had that really, really bad heat. But this year I decided I want to really look after it. So about a month ago, it, the soil was all compacted, so I took half the soil out, put fresh soil in, 
um, a rose soil um, fed it with sun, the sudden impact is it, and watered it, and it's not doing anything. And I'm thinking maybe I should maybe pull it out and put a whole new bag of potting mix in. Would you think that's a good idea or not? Uh, look, it, it's probably not a bad idea. Roses are fairly robust, so you know, pulling it out and, and getting the, uh, the the mix away from its its root system yeah. uh, should be okay. When you say it's not doing so well, is it still green and got new growth on it, or not barely, barely? Barely. Okay. And yeah, how- it's never it's never performed well. Oh, in the beginning, it was got to be quite honest, but. But as I said, the other one's in a pod about the same size. It's doing extremely well, so I don't know what the problem is. And it's a sentimental thing, and I, I don't want to lose it if I can. And you've got no space to put it into the ground? No. No, okay. Look, I, I would do it. Uh, I, I, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound on it. If it's not doing too well, you might as well, uh, you know, try and change its situation, give it some fresh pony mix all round. Yep. Uh, so the main thing is this being careful teasing that potty mix and getting it out of that pot. Right. Uh, and then once you've got that new mix in there, make sure you haven't uh, buried it too deep, uh, you know, up above the, the graft. Okay. Or the bud uh, where, it, you know, it's all joined together there. And yep. then plenty of water because that root system is going to be somewhat destroyed. Uh, don't, uh, sorry, disturbed. Don't be fertilising the rose. I'd be leaving it well enough alone and just giving it water for the okay. next okay. You know, six weeks or so. Okay, well, I'll give it a whirl. Okay, see so how you go with it. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you, Helen. Call back and tell us how you go in about six weeks' time. Well, I will. That might be Thanks. Christmas. Bye. <laughs> okay, see you. Bye-bye. <laughs> it might be. We've got Irene from Lord, and she's got a question about gardenias. Uh, Irene, how can we help you? I'm going to turn the radio off because I couldn't hear you. Yeah. (laughs) That's all right. I all sound and I didn't know when I'd be coming up. Here we are, Irene. Tell Um, us about your plant problem. I'm I'm thinking it probably just needs some um, plant food because I did give it plant food last year. What's happening is the um, leaves go yellow from the, the inside of the leaf out. Is that just a sign that it needs some nourishment? Yeah, look, it's pretty standard with gardenias at this time of year uh, because they're putting on a lot of new growth. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. also getting, you know, they're budding up for flower as well. Uh, they might be a little bit dry too. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I would, yes, definitely give it a feed. You can use iron shalates, magne- well, magnesium. Well, I've got some azalea, camellia and gardenia plant food here. Perfect. I would use some of that in that case. Now, yes. the thing with the gardenia is to use it regularly. So oh, probably right. yeah, three yeah. to four times a year. Just keep on feeding that plant. Oh, I see. Yeah, I only... You know, do I sort of want in the moon? Yeah, well, I'm sorry. And, and that's the trouble with a gardenia. If you because they they're heavy feeders, same as citrus. If you're just feeding it every now and again, yeah. uh, all of a sudden it gets to this point of the year where it needs to you know suck up some you know nutrient from the soil, but there's no right. there's no Nothing juice there. in the tank for it. So its wheels spin around, and then the motor stalls, and all of a sudden <laughs> you've got the problem that you're looking at now. So yeah. yeah, regular feeding with a gardenia. The other thing you can use is trace elements as well because it's got plenty of iron and magnesium in it right. uh, so if you've got some trace elements you can certainly no, I haven't got any yeah. what is, is that in a um, liquid or what's that in a well look you can get it in a liquid but most people have it it's just a powder you mix oh, up right. in the yeah. watering can and water it over oh, but yeah. right, if you've yeah. got uh, uh, you know some other sort of that azalea uh, camellia uh, mm. gardenia food go and give that a crack yes yeah yeah 
yeah. It has got some little black spots just on the leaves that are coming off, but that that's nothing, though, is it? There well, any... that, that could be scale that it's got on there, so yeah. be very careful about that. Is it like a little uh, like little brown sort of nodule yeah. or pimple yeah. on there? Oh, it's not, not actually a pimple, I would say. No, I've just got a leaf here looking at it. It's only just like a... Whether it's just starting to go brown in spots, maybe that's what it is. Effect, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, look. Yeah. Let's let's feed it, water it, and try and get it a bit uh, a bit See healthier. And yeah. if you uh, still get those little brown spots in there, give us a call back in a couple of weeks and we'll try and solve that for you as well. Right, yeah. Now, an- another thing, ipiastrums, mm. I cut some and put them inside and then they bled on the carpet, mm. <laughs> which wasn't very nice. But I, I found I used just used some um, uh, cotton bud and a little bit of dry cleaning fluid and it picked the, uh, like I cleaned that uh, red spot up that was on the carpet. Um, is there any way to stop them bleeding? You know, is there anything you can put in the water to stop that happening? Or, or just don't bring them inside? <laughs> you just have to be careful with them. And it's the yeah. same with airum lilies as well. If yeah. you've got some airums in the garden, uh, yeah. the, the sap from those when they bleed out, yeah. uh, it, it stains your clothes. I, I know I got caught out with this uh, once very badly myself. So uh, yeah. if I'm cutting some in my front yard, I put them into a plastic bag straight away and carefully carry them inside and put them in the vase then. Yeah, well, this is after they're in the bars, after they start to die off. You oh, know? You're, are you talking about the sap or are you talking about the... No, I'm talking about the, the dye from the flower. Oh, from the flower. So what I would do is actually when you're outside, just mm. get a little pair of scissors and cut those out. Yeah, you can do that with all of no, those. No, no, this this is the actual red flower itself. It's not not from the oh, stamen. Not from anything. the stamen. Ah, no, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> the flower as it dies. <laughs> My granddaughter said, "Looks like it's got its periods." That's the expression of it. Because <laughs> there was all this red dripping, you know. Oh no! Uh, well, look, I I don't know about how to to do that except for just get rid of the flower. You know, once it starts doing that. Yeah, I, I think yeah, maybe I should yeah take them out before it actually. You know, starts to, to bleed. I, I just mightn't bring them back inside again. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got up... to the bottom of that. We were talking mm. around and around. I'm a bit slow. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'm no, not the sharpest no. tool. Well, so. I end up, as I said, I end up with some like red spots on the carpet. And my and I, my daughter had some of that dry cleaning fluid, and I uh, just used a cotton bud. I thought just in case anybody else has the problem. I mean, if it's on the doily, right, you can soak it, you yep, know. Yep, sure. But the fact it was on the carpet, I was a bit of a quandary. And uh, anyhow, the, the dry cleaning fluid just complete. Just keep dabbing it with the dry cleaning fluid on the, the little spot. Okay. Either and... that, or move the lounge and put it over the top of the mark. <laughs> that, that, no, I didn't really want to do that. Oh dear, yeah. But I thought, oh, you know, maybe somebody else might have a problem at some stage. Yeah. I thought, oh, well, we'll fill you in. <laughs> okay, you well, very, thank yeah. you very much for that. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll go and I'll feed this. Uh, come out. I might wait till this evening when it's a bit cooler to do it. Yeah, make sure you're yeah. well, it's well watered. Well watered, okay. yes, I'll do that, yeah. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Irene. Thank you. Have a nice bye. afternoon. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. And we've got Maxine from Singleton. She's got a question about azaleas. Good afternoon, Maxine. How can we help you? Hi, Scott. Uh, uh, I'm bringing you about azaleas. Yes. Um, I haven't got a very green thumb, <laughs> so I just want to find out what to do now because they all come out in beautiful flowers. Now they're all dead, the flowers. So what do I do now? Yeah, look, well, be, don't, don't be concerned because the dead flowers aren't your fault. Uh, a good thing to do now is to go and sort of deadhead 
uh, those old flowers off there, or actually you can almost give it a light shave if you wanted to with the shears. All right. And just tidy that up because it looks a bit ugly and then they, they lay on there and you can get all sorts of weird and wonderful fun- fungal diseases coming into the plant. Yep. So definitely do that. Uh, you could also give it a feed as well. Now, we're just talking to Irene from Lawn before. She had an azalea, camellia and uh, gardenia food. Uh, I don't know. You could almost drive down the road and see, see <laughs> Irene knock on a door. But no, look, go to your local garden centre. Explain you've got an azalea that needs a bit of a feed. And uh, they will give you a specific fertiliser for that. Uh, Mostly the ones that you have for azaleas, camellias, gardenias are slightly uh, acidic in their pH. Uh, Or you could, in fact, give it some uh, cow manure as well if it's a plant that's in the ground. Have you got it in a pot or in the ground, Maxine? They're in big pots. Yeah, okay. So steer clear of using the cow manure then uh, because it can be a little bit too uh, harsh. Uh, when you go to the garden centre, just explain that they are in pots and they will give you a uh, like a slow-release uh, fertiliser that's suitable because right. yeah, if you've got a plant in a pot and you put a whole lot of fertiliser in there, it dumps it into that very confined space and it just burns the plant from the inside out. So it has to be a nice regulated and controlled fertiliser that uh, the plant's right. getting. So, yeah, definitely explain that uh, when you head down to the garden centre. Yep. Yep, so, yeah, I, I wasn't too sure because I've never had azaleas before, so I didn't know whether to cut them back or whether to pinch the flowers off. Or... Yeah, look, you can just pinch the flowers off. If you wanted to give it a light shave, you can do that as well. It uh, sort of is a quicker way of doing it. Now, yeah. because, Maxine, your azaleas are in pots, they've only got a very shallow root system anyway, and then being in a pot... Uh, it's going to dry out a lot quicker than it would if it was in the ground. So make sure those plants are really well watered, especially yep, when we I get into the I water them twice a day. Oh, you're already all over that part of it then. I'm over that part of it. <laughs> I use a watering can. Oh, very good, very good. So, yeah, and once it gets hotter and hotter, just make sure uh, that, the, you know, if you can move them and get them out of the afternoon sun, uh, a really great spot to have them. What about the morning sun? Yeah, they, look, they love the morning sun. Uh, it's not too hot. Uh, so, you know, after 11, 30, 12 o'clock, if you're starting to get some shade, especially when we get into, uh, you know, December and January, that's a, a good place to have them getting a little bit less sun. Well, I've got them in the perfect spot. Great. <laughs> they don't get the afternoon sun at all. No, well, they'll do very well for you then. Uh, thank you, Scott. Okay. Okay, thanks for that. Appreciate the call, Maxine. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We've got Simon now from Singleton, and he's growing potatoes in a tyre. Simon. Tell us what's going on. Oh, g'day, Scott. I'm up to the uh, fourth tyre, and I think <laughs> I've blown it. <laughs> oh. uh, well, what, what, what's going wrong for them? Um, I had a uh, about probably 30 centimetres growth, and I've been doing that all the way along. Yep. And just the last lot, I think, um, yeah, something's gone wrong, and uh, I'm not sure. I, I did add a bit of um, cow manure, and I just wonder whether the... Um, uh, Dung beetles could be causing havoc or not because it was loaded with dung beetles as well. Yeah, and so the, the, the potatoes just went brown very quickly, did they, the leaves? Well, yeah, and, and rotted and, um, and pretty much, yeah, just, yeah, I had to pull that section out. I've got, I've got uh, a couple of little leaves and it, it looks like it's trying to come back, but it's, yep. it's struggling, yeah. Yeah, well, look, it's, you're growing potatoes in a, in a good spot. Uh, they do need to be in a contained spot and up so they can trail down. Uh, because yep. if you put them in the ground, they just take over. Um, they can be, you know, quite uh, 
difficult plant to control, the old potato here in Australia. Uh, but I think, giving it that cow manure, I think you might have actually burnt the plants a little bit uh, by the sounds of things. Uh, okay, because it did flower at that stage, and I thought, I've heard yep. that before. Yeah, and, a, and also when a plant's flowering, not a good time to fertilise it because it's going to drop all that flower. So I think you've probably, um, well, I'm not going to say killed it with kindness, but uh, you've certainly set it back a little bit with some kindness there. Oh, mate, lucky I got back up in the other garden, so, yeah, they, they're going strong. Okay, so if you are, you know, fertilising in a situation, a contained situation like that with cow manure, it only can be a very, very small and light amount. Uh, otherwise, yep. you have to use a slow-release fertiliser. Yeah, I think it's probably, you know, just trying to uh, fight back down, so hopefully it'll, it'll come good. But the only other quick one I've got, um, yep. we had a big windstorm up here the other day, and up in the bush I, I found a, I don't know whether you call it an elkhorn or a staghorn that fell on the ground. Yes. And um, I've got it on a bit of wire mesh. I bought some sphagnum moss in behind it. Um, the old theory was uh, banana skins and tea leaves. I don't know what, what's the best, what's the best to feed it with. Yeah, that that is the old theory, and it still works. Uh, right. So yeah, just some banana skins in there that just rots away and slowly feeds. It's nice because they're a native. You need a nice, safe, uh, you know, sort of slow release. You know, not too harsh fertilizer, and just yeah. having some rotting plant material in there does a tr- the trick for it. Oh, good. I've had it on the same sort of aspect on the uh, southern side. It gets a bit of morning sun, but oh, hopefully it's, it's a winner and it's a, a goer. So, yeah, all good. Okay, very good. Good on you. Thanks, Scott. Bye. Okay, have a nice afternoon, Simon. Thank you. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 you are FM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call, 49216216. And we've got Jenny from Cahiba, and she has a large ponytail growing in the backyard. Yes, I do. The backyard is only a courtyard. Yes. And it's only about 12 foot wide. And um, I just measured the circumference of it because um, there's a re- it's a, a villas and there's a retaining wall at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and the retaining wall is about three foot high and it's going to be repaired with concrete bricks. Um, now, the, the guy who backs up to me who wants the brand new thing, he, he said, I've got to take it out. Now, the circumference of... The bottom of the ponytail is uh, 422 centimetres, because I just went round it with a tape, and it's about 10 foot high. Now, I want to keep it. He reckons it's made the thing bulge, but I've had it in for 18 years, Yeah, and the fence fence has been busted for about 16 years. (laughs) Without without seeing the plant, I'll just give some general advice about the old ponytail Mm -hmm. palm for you, Jenny. It's not so much the root system of the palm that does the damage. It is that bulging of the of the bulb, I guess, that big watery yeah. bulb that it gets. So if that was pushing against the retaining wall, um, then I would say, yes, it, it's probably doing some damage. It, as right. far as the root system goes, I would say, oh, no, that's that, you know, I don't think with, with the ponytail palm, it's a huge root system. Uh, all of that no, moisture is yeah, stored inside that bulb. So yeah. unless that bulb is actually spreading out and getting bigger and bigger and forcing itself against the fence, that would be what is actually uh, you know, pushing the fence over or the retaining wall over. Okay, yeah, it's, it's actually not doing that. And I was thinking that and I thought if they pull it out, they could actually put it closer you know, to, to, to the back of the unit. So, um, okay. That's very good. Thank you. How long do they live for? Oh, they'll go on for a long, long, long time. Yeah, decades yeah, with the ponytail palm. Oh, you know, if they're going to be digging it away and, and replacing the retaining wall, uh, yeah. once that retaining wall comes out, you'd be able to see if the root system's actually there or not. 
Yeah, I know, but I, I know it's worth a couple of thousand and it's been flowering every year for about the last seven or eight years. Yes. Yeah, so I didn't really want to go get rid of it. It's like the showcase in the 12-foot by 40-foot backyard. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> So yeah, yeah look, see how, see how it goes. If they dig that retaining yep. wall, you might be able to go out there and visually inspect, uh, you know, the the root system. And if it's not encroaching on the retaining wall, then just leave it there. Yeah, we did that seven years ago, and the, um, because the eastern retaining wall happened, but this wasn't anywhere near it. Okay. So um, yeah, yeah, it's a problem. He just said, "No, I want that out." And I went, "Well, no, <laughs> no." So yeah, okay. Thank okay. You very much. Scott, yeah, appreciate your time. Not a problem. You have a nice afternoon, Jenny. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Helen from Morrisett has a frangipani that has never flowered. That does not sound like a good situation. <laughs> Helen, tell us about it. G'day. G'day, Scott. How old's the the poor plant? Oh, look, somebody gave it to me. A gentleman gave it to me. Look, I'd, it'd be close to 10 years. I can't say exactly. Mm-hmm. It was a seedling. He ordered seed, like seedlings. He had them sent up. Just the seeds, he had them sent to him, so he sprouted it from the seed. And then he gave the to me, it was only very small. And I've, as it got bigger, I you know, increased the size of the pot. But yeah, so, yeah, no idea. No idea, okay. I would be fertilising the plant. Oh, I do, yeah. I do all that. I would get some sulfate of potash and start putting yes. that into the in, with a watering can, watering that through the soil. Now, the other thing I'm wondering about, and it's slipped my memory is that a seed grown frangipani i wonder if like an avocado and a lot of other plants that oh, it actually it takes has a, plenty of years yeah I'm, that's what i was thinking 10 years should be enough to get that Look, to at flower. least 10 years like and the, and the diameter of of the the the, the bottom of the of the the, the trunk mm-hmm. it'll be 60 at least 60 mil diameter so 60 70 so it is quite big and it's you know it's but don't know whether i should just Chuck it. <laughs> you know oh, no, I mean? no, don't, don't chuck it. I've been looking after all this time and it's just not giving. What, what are you fertilising it with? Well, I fertilise it with a Thrive. Um, I'll use that, um, the, that all-purpose, um, it's like the same bottle as the sea salt, but it's not, it's multi-purpose. And I use the sea salt and I've used the, the granulated things that I put in there, you know, the granulated food and look... I don't know. Yeah, well, let's let's stick stick away from the sea salt for a while, and yeah. uh, I reckon go and get some sulfate of potash and start pump, yeah. pumping that into it, um, mm. you know, in accordance with the instructions on the packet, and see if we can't just you know try and you know give it you know, like the old paddles, you know, that bring it back to life and yeah. uh, and get some oh, flowers on it for yeah. you. Yeah, and it still hasn't produced, you know, how they have the growth come out now, which all my other kinds of have got the leaves. This one still hasn't. Um, there's no leaves right there. You can see that they're starting to grow. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't be concerned about that. I know my next-door neighbours have, have got a frangipani right next to mine. I've got a different variety, and mine loses its leaves, you know, about two months different. before theirs, and then it gets its leaves on it, you know, three months before mine. It's a wonder that mine yeah. works at all. Oh, but it's just so disappointing. It's just, <laughs> just a bit. It's just a stick, you know, the whole – it's growing, but it's just a stick. Yeah. Um, and it, is gets, it, it does get the leaves, but yep. it never gets – Never has any flowers. So, do you know if it's actually white or pink or red? Or... I don't know. I've got no idea. Look, it was a long time ago, and I don't even. It was just through work, and I just can't. I don't even. I don't think the person exists anymore. So, it was an elderly man. So, um, 
Well, look, and that's that's the other thing. If it was a, a red coloured one, they don't flower very much at all anyway. Uh, it is the the old fashioned oh, white, know. yeah. It is the old fashioned know. white one anyway. that flowers the most and gets the best um, scent about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The red, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will do that. I'll try the potash, and I'll try that maybe. And uh, no. But what's the longest it could take for them to flower? Oh, like a seed-grown one. Well, that's what I, I, I'm just. I was trying to uh, remember that. Um, I, I haven't been able to because um, mm. I've got a vague brain. Uh, but I, yeah. I would think like a uh, you know well, like a, a fruit tree. Yeah, I'd, I'd be thinking you know nine to yeah. ten years. And if you haven't seen you know flowers and seed off that, then I'd probably give up on it. I probably will. I'll get the potash <laughs> and um, I'll try that. Maybe keep it for until next season, maybe. Well, maybe another two, and then it'll, it's going to go. Okay, but look, I'll, try, I'll do a bit of research on that just yeah. to find out about it. Uh, look, it might not be as long as the 10 years, that you know, like the avocado, and uh, I'll talk about that again next week. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Thanks for you. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Bye. Thanks, Bye-bye. We've got Greg now from Rutherford, and he's losing plants after some weed and spray became airborne. Wow, that sounds like something another Greg I know would, <laughs> would go and do. Possibly. <laughs> Greg, how can we help you? How are you? Very well. What, what have you done, mate? What have you done? Well, I haven't done it. I've got a uh, local fellow in uh, around here, and uh, he's, he's done a good job on the lawn, but as he was pulling the hose, the hose through, the spray went up in the air, and a light breeze caught it. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yes. And um, what, what's well, happening? Your, your plants are just looking a bit sick, or are they dying completely on you? Well, I've lost the spinach. I've lost the garlic. Mm. Um there's no peaches on my miniature tree this year. They fell off. And the mandarin tree is dropping its leaves at the moment. Okay. So, look, obviously your garlic and your uh, silver beet uh, spinach is, is gone. Um, with your peach and your mandarin, just start watering them as much as possible to try and flush that chemical back out of it uh, and see how you go with that. You'll probably find it because it's had that, that shock of the chemical, it, like the mandarin's doing, it'll drop its leaves. Uh, but hopefully that, you know, you'll get new green shoots coming back on again in about two or three weeks' time. Oh, that'd be good. Do I fertilise or not? No, don't fertilise. Your plant's stressed enough as it is. Uh, it has no capacity to uh, use that fertiliser if the uh, leaves have all dropped off it. So water is the main thing at the moment. Thank you, David. Okay, not a problem. Thank you for that, Greg. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye-bye. And we've probably got time for one more call. We've got Graham, and he's got white butterflies around. And wants to know if that's normal. Oh, it it could be. Graham, tell us about your white butterflies. Yeah, look, um, we're, we're up with two story place, we're up on the balcony. Yes. And since we've been up here, I don't think I've ever seen so many white butterflies in all my life. Right. Well, I, I, well, I'm wondering that they must be getting ready to uh, turn into little caterpillars at some point in time. That's that's what your butterfly does eventually. So, yeah. Uh, have you got any uh, plants up there, like uh, crop plants, that you want to? Yeah, we've got um, some spinach, we've got tomatoes in, and um, yeah, that type of thing, but uh, not much, you know, and it's actually in a, it's in a little hothouse thing. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, look, yeah. if, if you want to keep them under control and you've got those edible plants, you should use a pyrethrum spray. Uh, it's a nice, oh, safe okay. thing to use on edible plants. Oh, okay. Well, they can't get at that, but they just sort of float in and then they just keep going. You know, there seems to be a non-stop of them. Oh, well, that's okay. Well, if, if they can't get into your little glass house thing, well, just, um, yeah, let them be. 
Yeah, well, I just thought it might have been like a plague, as I'm that normal. Uh, well, look, if there's going to be a hatching, they will come out in a little swarm like that. But uh, look, more importantly, uh, you know, if, if they can get to your crops, that's that's going to be bad because they will start laying eggs there. The caterpillars will hatch, and then they'll do a lot of damage. But if you say they yeah. can't get in, it's nice and secure. We'll um, leave well enough alone. Yeah, I've seen them. You know what I've seen them doing? I've, you know, even going into the lemon tree, they've been going into that and different plants, just normal plants. They seem to be landing on them as well. Yeah, well, so they might be laying eggs, but, but you know, it depends on what plants they are. It's usually those soft plants, uh, you know, like, you know, silver beet, uh, things like that, cabbage that, uh, you know, yeah, your caterpillars yeah, love yeah. to eat. So, you know, even tomatoes, caterpillars, well, they will have a crack at those, won't they, uh, on, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. on the fruit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It might, might be worth uh, getting some pyrethrum and just doing a, a, you know, a bit of a culling of them. Not a problem at okay. all. All right, with that. Thank you, Graeme. Appreciate the call. No worries. Thanks. Wait. Bye. Quickly, I think we've got time for Tony at Cameron Park, and he's got a question about grapevines. Hello, Tony. How can we help you? Hi. Oh, how are you going? Um, I've got a grapevine. It's getting. Um, it looks as though it's getting black spot on the stems, and the leaves are going sort of uh, rusty brown, spotty on them. And also, it's going on to the grapes that are coming on. Okay, so grapevines, especially here on the coast, are, are fairly susceptible uh, to fungal diseases. That said, I wouldn't say it's been too humid yet. Um, mate, I, I would get some of those leaves or some photos, take it down to your local garden centre and let them have a look at it. You could have scale on there, just when you're saying brown on there on the stem. Um, but as far as the, the leaves just dying off like that, uh, and are you watering it well? I was trying to, but um, I, it looked as though it was sort of going against me. So I, I haven't been watering it as much. I've started to water it now because the grapes have come on. Right, okay. Well, look, what, what we might do is next week just have a bit more of a talk in general about grapes and the fungal diseases that they can get. Yeah, the, the spots on the stems are more black than brown. Okay, and look, even if you want to send us a uh, photo of them, we can have a look at that. We have to wrap it up. We're out oh, of time. We're out of time. We've got the music playing us off. Scott Sharp will speak to you next Monday exit, from midday. Exit stage left.